Y'all, Stages is now sponsored by BetterHelp, and I couldn't be more excited because I love therapy. So I encourage you, if you've had a tough year and a half, <laughs> why don't you give them a shot you can find a therapist that you can connect with their resource is thousands of therapists well-trained and experienced you can keep looking until you find someone that you click with they have customized online therapy they do offer videos but they also offer phone and live chat sessions so you don't even have to be seen you can only be heard what are you waiting for? Go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com slash stages. And for our cast members, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash stages. Go, go, go. Go find your healing. Go find your happy. Stages podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. Welcome to Stages Podcast, where we're bringing creation and connection to center stage. Can I just first say, mm. this podcast is so wonderful and congrats mm. to you ladies on doing it and like getting it out there because I know that it is not easy and you all make it look easy. <laughs> so artists to artists, ladies, um, <laughs> I am just like, wow, it's amazing and so cool. And I'm so happy that you all are putting out this kind of word, if you will. To the, That's to really the kind of you to say. I think we feel like the world has been a little upside down, right? And everybody, feel, and especially now, everything's just crazy. And crazy. instead of feeling helpless, you just want to put just a little good, just a little good, just something small. And I feel like the people that we've talked to have been so, their hearts are just wide open and they share with us. And I feel like that's, that's, we've achieved the goal of putting just a little good in. And, and I, I really, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate I you do listening. Too. I love it. Thanks for seeing the hustle because we yes. recognize it in others too, right? <laughs> Thank you for that. Everyone, you are in for a real special treat. Now, this um, intro is going to sound a little like a third grade English report as I start because the Oxford language definition of joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. The definition of fun is enjoyment and lighthearted pleasure. And our guest today, in any space that he is in, he is joy. He is fun. He was um, recently featured in Entertainment Magazine's exclusive photo spread celebrating 25 magical years of Disney on Broadway. He is currently starring on Broadway as Genie in Aladdin. Um, his holiday album of Fierce Christmas decked my halls this past Christmas. It's <laughs> So fantastic. And they also have a store on his webpage with all of his fierce merchandise. Half off right now. Get it for Christmas 2022. <laughs> uh, also, what I love about this human, this artist, is that because of his joy, he has now become family with a lot of movers and shakers, one of whom is Casey Nicola, who is an extraordinary director, probably one of our most uh, um, 
uh, prolific directors in recent years. And Casey has brought Michael. Oh, well, there's a little cue. There's his first name, Michael, in the Book of Mormon, Something Rotten, co-starring with my husband in Elf. And his voice and his heart, they work together when he creates his music. And you will smile because of this being, his presence, and his art. Please welcome to Stages Podcast, Michael James Scott. Michael James Scott to stage, please. Michael, we need you on stage. Yes, Stages Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. Hi, ladies. Hi. You know, that intro made me wonder, like, what word would people look up when they were introducing me? Oh, interesting. (laughs) Isn't that, yeah, I want to, I want to be joy and fun. I don't think I would be, though. Cuckoo lady or something? I don't know. No, you wouldn't be cuckoo lady, but humanitarian. I would look up the word humanitarian. Because I don't like people. I like animals. Mm. (laughs) What about like um um truth teller or like metamorphosis since you've gone through so many changes? Yes. Okay, what about me? What about me? Go, go, go. Oh my gosh. I would give, I would say like earthy soul definitely heart you're you're like digging and literally there is like what's discovery the of, yes discovery. excavation yes. excavation yes. excavation yes. Discovery. <sighs> thank I would say that. you um you're speaking like ladies that are doing it and making things happen and i want to speak to your mother karen ah <laughs> And she, you know, that word fierce is very true to your mama. So speak to how she has always influenced you, encouraged you. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just speak to your mama genie, Karen. Mm, Yes, mama genie. I, well, gosh, I mean, moms for me are, you know, they are superheroes. So it is... uh, I am I am a hashtag proud mama's boy and I love it so much and um, I am so uh, thankful for just like since I was the littlest of smallest chocolate drop chubby running around <laughs> Orlando Florida I have always been told um, yes and Mama Scott oh. always uh, my father as well but Mama Scott has always been extremely, extremely supportive with whatever it was that she wanted her sons to do. And the biggest thing for me that I just, I love, I I am blown away by, by both of my parents is that we, I, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, and um, uh, we lived in the inner city of Baltimore. And my parents, uh, what the sacrifice of what they did, and this was my mom being like, nope, I'm taking my little black sons out of the inner city of Baltimore and we are moving down to Orlando, Florida. My aunt happened to be there stationed in the army in Florida and met her husband, my uncle, and they were there and she was like, well, just come. They packed, got up, packed. We were five and six years old. We Mm -hmm. went down there and that to me, I mean, like that says it all about Karen Scott. I am so grateful for the heart that I had at home um, that was just, a constant open. I was never not in my head thinking, and this is from my mom, I never thought I couldn't do something. Mm-hmm. And that for me is, you know, I mean, there are strong, I surround myself with strong women, women for me, and just sort of their, 
there that that strength um and that started with my mom uh and and my grandmothers and like all of that like all of those women my aunts all of them around were extremely important and my mom gets that strength from all of them but not afraid to also be um soft and uh-huh. compassionate and uh-huh. just feminine do you know what i mean mm-hmm. in in the most beautiful way and i think that i i see that and i saw that growing up and i responded to that and i think that that's one of the reasons why now as a grown man i am okay with uh, the feminine side of what it is to be a man as well and mm-hmm. that it is actually pretty beautiful and joyous and um needed <laughs> you mentioned the, the word yes which is remarkably powerful and can um encourage and empower and give confidence to our kids but mm. on the other side of that is the no, when you'd been living in that sphere of affirmation and yes. Do you remember when one of the first no's came to you and it like went through your belly? I always say no meant maybe. (laughs) 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 There were so many things I would, someone would say, no, I'd be like, but like, maybe like, really? (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? Like, really? You know, I say that with fun, but the biggest no in my life, the one that I can, that just sort of stands out because it happens to be a crushing no was being told that I, I, I was, that I wasn't getting into literally every school I applied for in college, like going to the next level in terms of, of theater. I, was on this trajectory. I was at the performing arts school. I was fierce. I was winning the national titles of this and that and all the things and everyone around me was doing. Like all my peers were who, if I named them now, you would know a lot of them. I went to a very like uh, amazing performing arts school in Orlando with people who are literally on television and in theater today, still doing their things, right? Um, and they all were in the, all the, the schools, quote unquote, that were like, quote like the paths that you were like I think you were supposed to take sure <laughs> sure you're here, yes. you know, you're here and cut to I didn't none and that was you didn't the get no I did uh. not, not one school that I that I applied for um that I, I that I wanted to go to that, that, I, that I get in and so wow. that was the no when you say no that for me was like the biggest no at this point of my life. I think about that time and I think about what it did shape me. You know, I've been from the joyous little Michael James Scott that was just sort of like a constant uh, laughing and all the things. Like my mom was so worried for her baby because I was, I became quiet for the very first time in my life. And as a mother, I can only imagine you know, I am not a mom, but, you know, I know I'm speaking to, you know, some fierce mama. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only imagine what that must be um, when you know your child so well. Mm-hmm. And when you see like true, true disappointment. Yes. When yes. the light dims, it's even sometimes worse than the tears or, you know, wh- yeah. even if they're crying, you feel like there's an opening to help your child, to yeah. soothe yes. your child. When there is shutdown and the yeah. light has turned out and closure, it is desperate for a parent because you yeah. think, I don't know how to reach them in this moment. And that's rough. And so that's what happened to you in that moment with college acceptance letters. This was the first time that my mom had to alter how she interacted with her baby in terms of um, 
how delicate this situation was because I was literally at that sort of precipice of whether or not I would even be continuing on with mm-hmm. this. And I think that that was a challenge. When I look back at it, I think, wow, like that was actually a big challenge for her as well in terms of like, how am I going to broach this with my son? Still keep him lifted, but, uh, you know, let him go through what it is that he needs to go mm-hmm. through and mm-hmm. support that, what that actually means. I mean, I feel like so much was on the, it's like so dramatic to say, but there was so much at stake in terms of, I was the first person in my entire family to go to any sort of college, to get any sort of degree, any of that. Um, you know, the, 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 the idea of the possibility of like, that it is possible. Um, I think I was the, um, I was the embodiment of that for so mm. many, for so much of my family. I was a child actor. You know, there were times where literally our light bill was paid from a commercial that I did. So I think it was like a big pivotal moment for all of us. And so Lord God, Allah, Buddha, whatever you believe in, picked me, picked my booty right up. The crazy thing was that I ended up having to go to, a, I auditioned for a school, Webster University in St. Louis, Missouri. They had a conservatory there. They happened to have the last audition of like the season, they, April 28th, I'll never forget. And I was able to apply to that school at the very end while I was auditioning for like another school. Um, and I could get into the craziness of like us getting phone calls from literally the deans of all these big conservatories telling me basically why I didn't get in. And part of that reason was because I they already had a, a Black person. I grew up no, like believing and actually it <laughs> working for me in so many places, being like being this little black boy was actually a beautiful thing. And I, and even in the moments where I was literally the only one, which is what I grew up with always being like the only one um, was, was, was actually a wonderful thing. I'm the story of it working in a way that I had a community that lifted me up, not just for, um, the the color of my skin, but just because of the wonderment in a child's eye. That's not the case for my parents, but and I and I've witnessed that firsthand. But these schools, which at the time, you know, it's amazing to sort of think like once they got their quota, quote unquote, if you will, of you know, I mean, we're one black boy, one black girl, one Asian girl, one Asian boy, one, maybe one Latina boy or Latina girl, period. Um, They were, that was it. Without saying uh, those things, I knew what it was. The language is finessed in such a way that the message is clear, but it's not pointed. And I was a specific type too. I was bigger. I was not quote unquote, a leading black man. Like I wasn't Norm Lewis, you know, the sort of the O'Brien Soltz Mitchell, like a leading black man mm-hmm. type, even like a Ben Vereen. These are very far few in between in terms of this sort of classic, not Blair Underwood, uh, right. Denzel Washington, you know, that right. sort of thing. And that is what was, that was the one, those were the sort of types that were being accepted. Right. And it was very rare where you're like, oh, well, where's the other, you know? Mm-hmm. And so where did I fit? And where did I, where was I going to actually make my lane and what was actually possible? And I tell you, if I did not have the foundation that I did, I would have, I I would not, I would not be doing it. My foundation was, why can't I be the one? (laughs) Right. Right. 
Well, it's funny because when Steph and I are prepping for something, instead of writing down specific questions, we write down a person's what we call superpowers, right? Yes. And the list I had for you was an inextinguishable spirit of idealism and that you are a romanticist dreamer. That was what I wrote down for you. And because, I wrote and I the definition of joy is the well, definition I, of fun. And then in comes Mary Friggin Lee. Well, yeah. Wow. No, but that's because just listening to your interviews and stuff, I was like, and I said, where did you find this foundation and was it ever shaken? And that was one of the questions I had for you. But now I'm wondering, because you said you had a sibling, right? When you moved, you said the two of us moved. Is your sibling like this as well? Uh, n- no. It's a bit different. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Siblings can be really different, right? Right. And we're 16 months apart. So, uh, and I'm older. We're very, we're like what they say, they call it Irish Irish twins. twins. Yeah. Um, It was like, my mom and dad was like, bam, bam, and done. Like, (laughs) and we're out. Thank you. Um, And uh, (laughs) we're so different. So yes, to answer your question, it is not, it is, it is very different. Yeah. It's funny because I'm very different from my siblings too. And people meet my siblings and go, wait, those are your brothers? Like they can't believe it. We're so different. So different. But it's bizarre because you grew up in the same house. You have the same parents, that nature nurture thing. It really does. Show, That's right. You know? And the question, you know, you go, is the artist brought to the music and the poetry and the storytelling, or is it already in you? Is that calling and that music already in you? I think we have kind of a predetermined nature and mm-hmm. then our environment either um, elevates it or yeah. crushes it. Yeah, absolutely. Like my mom said, I sang before I spoke. And so they would, she would play music more, more and more and more and more because she she said, well, my child sang before he spoke. So there was just always music and then, and then the church, you know? So for me, Mm -hmm. like that idea of music and, and what that is, like, I, I believe that I came out ready to, I came out ready to like give (laughs) you a full 11 o'clock number at, you know, at three o'clock. Is the church Uh, still a big thing for you? Yeah, yes and no. I, the spirituality of church is I don't get to go to church like I used to. It, you know, it's a complicated relationship with church in terms of like me being a Southern Baptist growing up in that world and being a, a gay man, mm-hmm. a Black gay man, right. um, and what that actually, what that means. And I had to really figure out my relationship with my God yes. and what that actually meant for me, what that is, what that means. And I, so I think that my relationship I, I now is so much more spiritual in the sense that like I have become so much more comfortable with me yeah. that I am I have been able to really um because I still I still yearn and long for faith and um and and spirituality and just the higher power of of it all. Yeah. Do you find that Broadway inspirational voices feels like a church experience to you? Does it fill you up in that way to share a song with all these other amazing people under the baton and direction of Michael McElroy? I mean, yes. And it was like, I thought, I mean, I can now be done when Michael mm-hmm. asked me to, you know, to join the choir, uh, you know, a while ago. And I got to do a concert thing with them and be a part of that re- ridiculously yummy, beautiful community of, of spirituality and gospel music that I grew up with. It was like, oh my gosh, 
This is happening right now with literally every kind of person you can imagine. Every walk of life. That's right. (laughs) All And people are all being inspired by all of this right now. And so, yes, it was a huge, uh, I think, turning point for me, knowing that I had those people in this community and that, that that was something that was, again, possible. You talked about Ben Vereen a little bit earlier, mm. and I know that you've had a great relationship with him. Will you talk just a little about that? At the, at the end of my college, my senior year of college, um, before I didn't even do my showcase, they, there was a whole fight for me to do. They hadn't had a black man graduate in seven years, and so one of the things was like, we would like to have, you know, you come to our program. This is amazing, and and it was wonderful. Webster University was so good to me, and I left to go stand by for Ben Marine while I was a senior in college. Oh. How does that happen as a senior in college? <laughs> well. Uh, I had been doing these things uh, this summer. Instead of doing summer stock, I would do a, a theater program called Broadway Theater Project, which was down in Tampa, Florida, which was created by Ann Rankin. Because I learned how to dance Fosse from like Gwen Verdon and Ann, Ann Rankin, which is, when I think about that, is insane. And so I would go there uh, in the summers instead of doing summer stock. Actually, that's also where I met my husband. Um, Jeremy, which is also, oh, he was at that camp. Hashtag they met at theater camp. That is actually <laughs> true. Like the gayest thing ever and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but Bossy was going on at the time and they were doing, they would also try things out on like the apprentices down there and whatnot. Well, I had done a bunch of Bossy stuff for them. And in my senior year, I got a phone call to come and audition. Mm. Okay. That's how that happened. But I was like, this is why I'm at this school. I got this job. I literally finished my last semester on like in like doing papers in the airports of Europe, which was the most insane thing. You were destined to be there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Destined. Destined. That's exactly right. I showed up to the first day to to the theater in Paris, Theater du Châtelet. To my right, I could see uh, the Eiffel Tower, and to my left, I could see Notre Dame. And mm. I walked out and walked onto the stage, and th- there was Ben Vereen, who at that moment said, baby boy, what he still calls me today. And he took me in his arms and hugged me, and he was like, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're here. I want you with me all the time. What that meant was like, he literally wanted me like, he was like, I want to feel you right here. I want to feel you right off the stage. I want I want to give it all to you. And he would, I would come in, you know, three and four hours before the show. And we would sit on the stage, meditate together, talk about life, talk about the material, talk about, um, uh, being an artist. What Go show? Are you, what show are you speaking of, Michael? Ah, Fosse. I'm so thank sorry. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I was. I was at the Fosse, the the musical Fosse, which is a amazing musical review of all of Bob Fosse's work. If you've not seen it, cut to there we were, and he just he just taught me the groundwork for like how I was going to move forward in this mm-hmm. business. And Ben is someone who I. Never thought I would meet. Are you kidding me? Child in the black community, Ben Bereed? Are you kidding me? 
Like, yeah, yeah he's he, an icon. For yeah, sure. he's an icon. My, one of my favorite things. This is this is Ben Vereen. Ben, when my family came to Paris, they came to Paris to see see their star. They knew that I was the standby, that they weren't going to get to see me. But of course, I, they wanted to see Ben Vereen. <laughs> <laughs> But we love you, came, honey, but we want to see Ben. Like, it's Ben Vereen. Like, we come in the city, you know. We've they seen you sing. Paris. <laughs> exactly. Now, we see you sing since you were this. Like, it's fine. It's fine. So I, I got a message to to come to his, to his dressing room, went to his dressing room, and he was like, so you're going to go on for your family. It's time. You need to do this. This is an, something that you will never, ever experience in terms of being able to have this moment with your parents and your family and what this means to them in Paris, France, somewhere they've never been out of the country. We're doing this. He's like, but do me a favor and don't say, don't tell anyone. And so he was like, I've already talked to you know, everyone, everyone. So it's up to you. And the next night, which is the night that my family was all coming to see the show, I did not tell them, but I walked on stage. Oh my gosh. And in that moment, Ben also came and had a house seat and sat <gasps> next to my family. Oh well, that, that's that's the kicker. Having that seat to experience alongside your parents and also with that parental energy, giving you the support like I am here. That's and it is possible. Wonder. In Paris, France. That's amazing. Like, so when we go, when we full circle back to the no of right. what what was going on in that time of like figure, feeling like there is no place for me. To that to moment. that, yeah. And the idea that it is possible that, and not just for, a, you know, a BIPOC child or a person, I'm talking for anyone. I am here to tell every last person in this mm. universe that it is possible. Did your parents then not get to see Ben Vereen perform? <gasps> they did. You've missed the point of the story, <laughs> Mary Lynn. I have not missed oh, the point, no. but I would like to oh. circle back because let's face it, we all want to know that we've seen Ben perform. Oh, oh not, not only did they get to see him perform, he, like, so the next night, he he literally arranged for them all to come to the show, okay. Okay. see the show, and then we all went to dinner. I mean, oh, okay. I was going to say crepes right. and croissants had to be <laughs> involved like, it was a whole that's so yeah cool. also the leadership of a comp- like watching him lead a company was like how i learned i was like yeah. th- in terms of like w- you know at, in, in my career i would always dream that one day i would be uh, you know a leader in the company and just sort of like be a part of like setting the tone right and like what that means and that's what i uh, I have gotten to experience so many incredible leaders. And he was like the first one where I got to experience what that looked like, what yeah. that leadership really looked like. But, you know, I got, please, I got to be in a company led by Miss um, Stephanie J. Block. So the well. end of a segment. Okay. So <laughs> hang on. I'm just saying. Your relationship with Disney is now deep. They love you. Okay. Here's a little Disney quiz. Okay. Michael James Scott. (laughs) What is the name of Belle's horse? Okay. Take note. Tommy Schumacher. (laughs) His name is (laughs) Philippe. Oh my gosh. I did know that, but I didn't. Okay. 
This is a multiple choice. <laughs> Were the voices of Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse A, a brother and a sister, B, married, C, also the voice of Chip and Dale, or D, members of the Disney family? Was it C? Also the voice of Chip and Dale? Yeah. Eh. They were no, married. They were married. Okay. Yeah. Zero, ah! zero, two. True or false? <laughs> Walt Disney World Resort is almost as large as San Francisco. True, true or false? That is correct. Yes, that is true. I have heard that, which is, I'm, I'm, see, I'm a world boy. I know you're a land girl. I am a land girl. <laughs> okay, here we go. Is Cinderella's Castle in Walt Disney World or Walt Disney or Walt Disneyland? Disneyland. Cinderella's Castle. That's in Walt Disney World. That is correct. It's Sleeping yes. Beauty's Castle Sleeping in the Beauty land. Sleeping Beauty is in land. Okay, so you were half and half. You were 50%. Oh, um, what is your favorite Disney tune? You know, um, uh, there had to go the distance. Yes. Is that Schwartz or that's Stephen Schwartz? Yes. That, that, um, or is uh, that how Alan Menken? No, that's Menken. Yes. Yes. Alan Menken. Either that and Colors of the Wind. And I get to sing that in our Disney on Broadway concert. Go the distance is just like, it's just, there's just something about it. So now you've been Jeannie in several companies, Broadway, London, the tour, Australia. Do you feel there's a difference in the sort of storytelling depending on what company you're with or what country you're in? Aladdin is like a universal show. They say like music is a universal language. Aladdin is a universal show because it is such a beloved story literally all over the world. Part of it, I think, is that the genie is so much full of light, love, and laughter that when that is the center of your story, the cruise director, the driver, mm -hmm. the company around you feels that. That's right. Mm -hmm. So that's the contagion. It's your experience is going to be joyful and fun. And because that truly is the center of the story. And then you yes. put Michael James Scott in the middle <laughs> of that part in the center of the story. And like you said, you... When you walk into a room now, much like Ben Vereen, you set the tone. So whatever company you walk into, your demeanor is what sets the rehearsal, what sets the days on stage. Yep. Does that exhaust you? Um, you know, for a while it did because I was like, oh my gosh, it's such a big responsibility to do that. But then I had to be okay with where I was that day. Like I know my, my normal, like where I am, where I live. And that if I come in for a day that I may not be in that place, that it's okay. Like mm -hmm. it is actually okay because I have set the tone, my authenticity, like as a person to know mm -hmm. that it, like that the walk that I'm walking is the walk and that we all have our ebbs and flows. And that if I didn't have some of those days, I actually don't think I would be somebody that people may not have really respond to in an authentic right. way, because I am showing that there is some days and, and I'm, and I'm saying to you, like, it's okay. Like, I'm, I feel you, boo, <laughs> today. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Right. And so, and so it's not exhausting anymore. And in fact, it actually is um, empowering in so many ways because it, make, it allows me to know that it is okay to be in that place. There's so many people around, starting at the top where, where you know, from your top producers to your directors. Your stage management all the team. Stage, yeah. 
everyone that we're all collectively there. And I have always made it very clear, like from the jump, let's be together and clear on this really, really friendly, safe space. The power of you is very clear when you are in a room. And I know that does hold a lot of responsibility and it is a collective understanding that it starts from our directors and whatever, but the day in and day out, if you have Michael James Scott in your cast, which <laughs> it's going to be a good day. You're going to laugh good. on stage. You're going to see something new and you're going to walk away full just because of the presence of you. That's the gift, Michael James Scott. That's very, very kind. Thank you. And I am, I am, I, I'm taking, I'll take that in. <laughs> I will okay. take that in. That means a lot. Thank so you. now you've been in some of the greatest hits, right? You, the Aladdin, Book of Mormon. And yes, you've been yes. in one of the top 10 flops of all time. The Pirate <laughs> Queen, the Pirate Queen. You know, I believe the New York Times literally just came out with a new list of all time. Not like in the last 10 years or the last century. All time flops. I can't remember if we were number five or six, but we... <laughs> so... I'd love to hear Mary Lee. Girl. Mary Lee. I'd like I to I am hear very sorry I missed that one. Your give me five sentences about that experience. And it doesn't have to, you know, like be it doesn't have to bounce off how I just prefaced our show because listeners, there was a lot of good to that show. So tell me what you thought from your from your perspective, you think back on the Pirate Queen and what comes to mind. Well, it was a year of work, which is also, I mean, as crazy as it being a flop, like, or whatever, it was a year of work, which mm -hmm. was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I also will say it was a wonderful lesson of how to fail gracefully, mm -hmm. <laughs> like on so many levels. I got to meet friends for life mm -hmm. in that show you being one of them. I think it was also a really lesson of like protection. We were protecting this. I, oh. I'm still proud of Pirate Queen and what things came out of the Pirate Queen. I really am. I, I still do am. too. Talk about protection. We were in Chicago, out of town tryout. We were teching this beast of a show. Um, we were doing a sword fight and in teching it, we were adding one element at a time, right? So first rehearsal lights, with the swords, just basic movement, then change of light with the swords, basic movement, then costumes, then fog, and everything needed to happen incrementally to be safe. But it was costing the producers a lot of money to just tech this one battle scene. And I think, if I remember correctly, they wanted to fast forward just a bit, right? Let's let's put two elements together. Let's put three elements together at the same time. And sure enough, the stage trap door opened up while we were sword fighting and I fell through the trap. Um, I heard the screams. It was like 12 feet to concrete. Now below me, there was like this big treasure of booty. So there's a big chest with, you know, a candelabra and other swords. And so I fell 12 feet onto that and then oh bounced off and hit concrete. I cracked two ribs and I had a lot of bruising and swelling and um, soft tissue damage. But then I was in an apartment by myself and this sweet soul, Michael James Scott, Nick Adams, mm. and Tim, was it Tim Bish uh, or was it Tim? Bish. It was Tim Bish. Yes. And they said, no, you're not, 
you're not staying by yourself. You're going to stay with us. And these three humans literally would help me off the toilet, would help dress me. Um, My mom finally came in as did Sebastian. And so, but for 24 hours, these three kind of just rotated and kept a watch on me because I couldn't lie down because of the broken ribs. I was having trouble breathing. And so that's the protection he's talking about. It's not just a metaphorical protection. It was truly a physically being there for one another because that show was just so ridiculous. The exertion and the exhaustion from everyone was everyone. was madness. Was just madness. I never knew that story. I never. No, knew you weren't. Felt. So nobody was supposed to. Really, we were doing these crazy yeah. thing called cast comms. Which, by the way, have you ever thought about that? In oh two thousand six. To do cast comms every day, we did like a video or a blog journal, right? A vlog journal, which was like a decade before it was actually so ahead of its time. Yeah. The producers, of course, didn't want anybody to know that their leading lady was there with broken ribs and we had to open in two weeks and I could barely breathe, let alone sing. But I wish you would have seen it, Mary Lee, because the piece was, yes, flawed, of course, but it was like a museum piece. Like the lighting by Kenneth Posner was almost like you walked into a museum and were looking at a masterpiece, the costumes by um, Martin Pagodinez, who has passed, but he went to Ireland and he took um, like sheets of paper and would um, take pastels and mm. get the bark of the, the Irish trees. He sewed soil from Ireland into the hem of my costumes, like the care and love and attention to these. So when we were not welcomed, even before we got to New York, it was made clear that our show was not going to be embraced for which I still can't speak concretely about. I don't know why. So New York kind of turned its shoulder on us. And in doing that, we all fell in love with each other even more. We Mm. just refused to be, we could be ignored, but we refused to feel like we didn't be- belong. We became like a clan, like a, 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 a little a, Irish clan. That's exactly yes. right. Yes. So there's a lot of good, but number five or six on the flops of all time. But I, I, I will forever love you for so many reasons, but still to this day to have that care, you know, and we had only mm. known each other. I don't know, six, eight weeks, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and you are giving me your arms and saying, "Come on, get off that toilet, girl. You can." <laughs> <laughs> That's love. My last oh, question is, um, who pours joy into you? You exert so much; you're constantly withdrawing joy. Mm. How do you get that deposit back? Um, Obviously, your husband Jeremy. He does. He does because he is very adamant about about me being me. I find joy in so many things mm. around me. I really do. I I uh, I find joy when I am when I am on stage and I see people crying or I see people like bopping up and down. Things I find joy in so many uh little things throughout my day. Um, my husband cracks up because like, I get so excited about the smallest thing. Like I get excited about having a latte in the morning with my a white omelet. I guess it's because I'm such a kid at heart, but I am so 
blessed on so many levels in my life. And I am so grateful for so many people and, and, and the experiences that I have around me and where I've been able to come, come to that I, I think I really, when I think about joy, I just think about life. This is, it was like where my, my album came out of. Uh, it was a protest to all of the Black Lives Matters and all the racial awakenings mm -hmm. that happened in our country and right during the George Floyd um, murder. And in my head at the end of the year, my husband was like, okay, we're doing something. And literally my protest to everything was joy. <sighs> that was going to be my protest. My protest was going to be a Black man with a smile on his face a image that you hadn't seen in the in the in the media. Um, and my protest was going to be holiday music that could bring people together. You don't even have to celebrate Christmas, but the idea of holidays and what that means for everybody for me was like a protest. When you say what brings me joy, what I have been given from so many people that I can stand here and move and live and give out joy. It's a That's choice. Beautiful. You made it a choice. It's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And now it's time for the five questions. If I were to walk into your closet, is there a piece of clothing, a garment, a piece of jewelry that you will never get rid of because of the memories it holds? Uh Oh, oh gosh, yes. <laughs> um, but I would probably say my, it's my first Louis Vuitton bag that I bought. <laughs> On my first production contract, uh, uh, like back in the day, literally over 20 years ago. And I was like, I'm going to buy her name is Desiree. And it's this <laughs> amazing bag. And I will never, ever get rid of it because it just means so much because like I got to buy it and I was like, oh my God. So yeah. it's that. Okay. I like it. In, your, in the book that is your life, Ooh. what is this chapter called? Unapologetically Black. Actually, Unapologetically Chocolate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's this chapter. <laughs> um, if you could have any special skill, worldly, otherworldly, uh, what would it be? Probably... It might be to play the piano. Mm. Play mm. the piano. Beautiful. Okay, you're kidnapped. You have one phone call. You have to tell your husband you're in trouble without telling him you're in trouble. What do you say? I think I would say not fierce. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. And he would know. Exactly he would know you are in terrible danger. Wrong. That, Something yeah, is wrong. I would say not fierce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you were a nail polish color, what would that color be? And what's the cheeky little name of that nail polish? It would be like, it would be like within the purple family, and it would be like grape juice a go go. <laughs> I love you so much. Do you understand that? I love my you. cup runneth over. Oh my gosh. Give I'm Chloe so my happy love. I got to meet you. Give oh, Jeremy Mary, my love. I will. I will. It is so wonderful to get to chat with y'all. And um, thank you for having me. It's been so good for the soul. Coming up next, what struck a chord with us? 
right after a word from our sponsor. Stages podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Our theme song says, love where you are now, but sometimes we all need a little help. I've learned from therapy and in my yoga practice that growth comes from challenges. A good therapist can help you reframe the way you look at a challenge and your life. And BetterHelp can provide you with a therapist that gives you some tools to navigate. They offer customized online therapy, either on video or phone chat sessions. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can reach a therapist in under 48 hours. And right now, Stages cast members get 10% off their first month with BetterHelp, so don't wait. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you support Stages Podcast. So log on to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com slash stages, and love where you are now. Hey, listeners, before we get to what struck a chord, I would like to put in a fact check. The Pirate Queen was actually not listed in the New York Times as one of the 25 worst Broadway musicals of the millennium, but it was listed in Time Out New York as one of the 25 worst Broadway musicals of the millennium. It came in at number 11. Also, it was listed in the top 10 worst Broadway shows ever made by Broadway Ticks, coming in at number five. And now, what struck a chord with us? I love when I see people intentionally choosing to pay attention to the happy or choosing the joy. Or again, I mentioned it in the interview, that old cliche of glass half empty or glass half full. I'm not saying that we need to always fabricate happiness. You know, I think both you and I are real um, advocates of making sure that that holistic understanding of your emotions, whether they be the negative or the positive. But when you can look around and say, my God, I'm so blessed. I can't believe I have this opportunity. I can't believe I have this life partner. I can't believe I have my health. Um, That I think that gratitude is truly the source of joy. And it seems to me that when he speaks of his family and his art form and his life and um, I mean, to even, in his words, combat the atrocities of George Floyd and the social injustice, to combat that with, with joy. joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes when you see people like that you, who are so joyful, so joyful out in the world, you, first of all, you're reminded like, oh, I need to practice gratitude. This is such a great reminder. Like he's the kind of person I'd like to check in with every day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me, That's what tell I'm me saying. how to be today. Yeah, he's lovely. And then, and, and there's a difference between practicing it and using denial of negative feelings, Mm. you know, and he definitely is not like using denial. He's actually choosing to practice joy. And when he was saying how some days I don't feel it, you know, I go into the theater and I'm not feeling this and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I'm joyful and happy today because this is what I'm feeling, but we've already laid the foundation of joy. So I get buoyed and it's it's that heartbeat. It's that heartbeat that we always talk about, you know, in the theater. I mean, that is what theater is. It's just, it can be this such an uplifting, buoying experience. It's really, it's really amazing. He's a great guy. You're so lucky you got to work with him. I do feel lucky. And like you said, checking in with him every day when he is in your your cast or he's yeah. part of a company member or, or a dear friend. Um, it really is that he's there to listen. He's there to be real, but my goodness, when you can find the joy in the, 
in the mundane. That's an incredible way of looking at the the world. Yeah. How lucky I am. How lucky I am. And that, I, you know, I say it all the time at the end of every discussion. I go, okay, that's a great reminder for me, or I need to adopt that as my own. And we as humans are just so easy to recognize and say, yes, I need that. And so equally easy to forget within yeah. a matter yeah. of hours or days. True. So holding it's- on to that and the consistency of it all is really where um, the power lies. And that's yeah. Michael James Scott. First logged on to Zoom. My morning was a little harried. I have lists and lists and I was on the phone and blah, blah, blah. and we literally were saying, oh my God, okay, I got to focus. And then he came on and complete the mood changed uh-huh. in five seconds. Uh-huh. The minute his face came on, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> like, and suddenly I was happy. All the stuff that I was doing before I hit the go button on the Zoom disappeared. I, I, I want that to be my word, Stephanie. How do I, what do I need to do so that that'll be my word? So the word joy is yours? Yeah. I don't know what you need to do. I need a lot of work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, today we can claim it as ours. Today, we hope our listeners claim it as theirs. Whatever comes from him and from his creative source, it is drenched in happiness and it is contagious. And you will find it for yourself if you surround yourself with his, his art. That was fun. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. So if this episode resonated with you, please follow, subscribe, and share. You can always find us at stagespodcast.net. A big thank you goes out to our assistant and doer of all things technical, Saren Cho. Thank you to Noah Kaiserman and Garrett Healy for our beautiful original music. Melanie Von Trapp for our Stages Podcast logo. Brock Grenfeld, our sound engineer. And Allison Arns, our PR and social media expert. And thank you, our cast members, for joining us today. We hope you come back next week.